Hi, this is Cal Post. You're listening to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. Ooh. Did you know that Yuck Yucks can help you raise thousands of dollars for your charity, club, or organization? Just go to yuckyucks.com and click on fundraising. Be sure to visit us at www.yuckyucks.com. Twitter. Twitter. And follow us on Twitter using hashtag YYCP. What's going on, my little yuckamaniacs? This is your host, Jake Hirsch. Welcome to the Yuck Yucks Comedy Podcast. We've got a great show lined up for you today. Very excited about the guest that we have on. Uh, it turned into a really good friend of mine. I met him during the Yuck and Comers Comedy Competition. Now, I know I promised I would not talk about that anymore because I probably chewed your ear off about it over the last couple of months. But uh, uh, Tyler Middleton is today's uh, guest, folks. Yes, Tyler Middleton, the X92.9 morning show host. Very popular here in town. Great following. Just won a uh, huge award award actually we talk about that uh, during the interview but uh, Tyler is somebody that uh, uh, I didn't really know too much about I had obviously heard him on the uh, the morning show uh, Tyler uh, and and uh, and Lynch and and uh, it's it's just a dynamite show. It's a great morning show. Uh, if you're up early in the morning and you like listening to radio, I do recommend uh, checking out X92.9. You can listen to it on the web. So, I mean, there's just a ton of different forms that uh, you can access the show. Uh, Tyler, like I said, is a morning guy. Uh, came into town and just really took it by storm. He's got a great following. He's got a great show. Very funny. And I, as I you know, thought about uh, uh, you know, the more about a career in radio at some point in my life, uh, I, I always have been fascinated by the world of radio for whatever reason it is. I'm a big, you know, obviously radio junkie. Um, and, and this is in, in some of a form of its own, a, a form of broadcasting, not in the live sense, but uh, uh, just in the in that same arena, so to speak. And it's always fascinated me. So when I met Tyler, uh, he was a judge uh, for that competition, as I mentioned, and uh, we became fast, fast friends there. And I, I you know, went out for coffee. We, you know, grabbed a beer, stuff like that. We hung out a couple times and always had uh, just great conversation. And I, I felt very early on that we were on to the same type of energy as far as uh, the entertainment business and where we wanted to see things go. Um, and very exciting stuff uh, that uh, Tyler and I have been working on kind of behind the scenes. Uh, I'll be talking about that later on uh, down, not in the episode, but, uh, you know, maybe a couple of weeks uh, from here when uh, we start making some major announcements. But we got some fun stuff. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be crazy. It's going to take the industry by storm. Yes, I said it. I'm announcing it now. We are going to take the industry by storm. Uh, we've got uh, some pretty cool plans ahead. But anyway, back to Tyler. We met, we became buddies, and uh, a very, very, uh, very nice guy, very interesting guy. And and uh, I, I've always uh, I found that once I had the opportunity to invite him on the show, I could sit there and pick his brain all I wanted about uh, radio business and about you know uh, what time do you got to wake up in the morning and and what happens if you got to use the bathroom when you're in the middle of the you know a bit or whatever the case is. Um, and and this was my opportunity. And, and I've talked to other radio. Uh, uh, you know, host before. Uh, I've talked to uh, Jerry Forbes. I talked to um, 
you know, other people in the business. Um, I talked to JD uh, from CJ92. Uh, so I've, I've, I've talked to people. I've had some great interviews with them, and I've, I've got to ask some of those penetrating questions. But uh, for some reason, I think when you talk to somebody who you have a relationship with, like a friendship, I think that person probably is a little bit more uh, apt to opening up uh, to you about their experiences uh, in the business and, uh, you know, maybe not worry too much about the political correctness of it or what have you. And I just find that uh, Tyler is a straight shooter and uh, it was an absolute dynamite interview. So I hope you guys stick around and listen to that. I know you're not tuning in to listen to me. Just do an intro here. But anyway, on to some uh, other news here. I am sitting here in studio right now watching uh, Bill Clinton uh, talk at the Democratic National Convention. Now, as everyone knows, uh, if you've been listening to this show for a, um, a long, long time, uh, you will know that I'm a fierce Democrat. I am a absolute blue dog Democrat, hardcore. And uh, it's been a real interesting ride. Um, six months ago, I was laughing at the fact that Trump was even in the race. And now here we have him as the Republican nominee. And of course, uh, this weekend, uh, or sorry, this uh, four-day uh, convention here by the uh, Democratic National uh, Committee is taking place in Philadelphia. And uh, they're going to be nominating, obviously, Hillary Clinton as their official nominee, which, you know what? Uh, I really like Bernie Sanders. I really thought Bernie Sanders uh, had some fresh blood. I don't think America was ready for it yet. Uh, they just have not been as quick to adapt uh, to certain things. But but I don't want to just be a total asshole here and say that America is just one big flop house because that's my home country. That's where I'm from, and I'm still very, very proud of it. Uh, not overly proud of what's happening right now with all the, the, the stuff going on. I don't want to make it a sad episode here. But uh, anyway... Um, the point I'm trying to make is that, uh, I, I think that America has a lot of growing up to do and I, but I don't want to leave it like that. I don't want to leave it on a bad note. So I'm going to say this is that I am proud in other areas. I'm proud that 20 years ago in the United States, if you ran on a ticket of, you know, uh, equal rights for the LGBT uh, community, if you ran on legalizing uh, marijuana as new forms of Medicare or Medicaid uh, to help people, uh, if you ran on a platform of uh, equal benefits uh, for people that are, uh, you know, in same-sex relationships, uh, if you ran on a platform of uh, Wall Street reform and, uh, you know, being attentive to uh, uh, underclass needs, you know what? You'd probably be laughed out the door because I couldn't imagine, you know, people like Ronald Reagan or George Bush campaigning on those promises. It has always been pretty hard nose. It has been very, very uh, establishment for the last 20, 30 years, uh, well, since the beginning of, of politics in the United States. It has always been hard-nosed politics. And I think the messages that you hear, like when I tuned in and I, of course, watched the Republican National Convention just to see what the, uh, what the chimps were up to, uh, I was just blown away. Because if you listen to that, you would think that America is under attack right now, that we were at war. And yes, I understand that we've got issues with terrorism and, and you know, so much and so forth. But the, 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 the hypocritical part here is that we can sit there and day to day hear some report about uh, a bomb exploded in, uh, you know, Pakistan or Baghdad and it killed 100 people and we don't blink an eye. Uh, if we have 40 people shot in a nightclub, then 
you know, the entire country goes into mourning, as it should, as it should. But we also need to not be ignorant and not think that these things don't take place all over the world on a daily basis. And it's sad. But we need to start being more aware about our, about, you know, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going off on this huge political rant. That wasn't my intention. I'm just saying there's two different messages coming out of these conventions. One is built on the premise of equality and and rights and treating people with fairness and goodness. And then there's the other party that's message is uh, everyone is coming to kill us. Uh, we are at war. We have terrorist attacks on a daily basis. Uh, you know, poor people and people on welfare are ruining this country, so on and so forth. So when you hear those two vastly different uh, attitudes and messages, um, you know, the, the choice for me is, is very, very easy. I've never in my life have heard people fight so vigorously not to have a healthcare system that, that is free or, or minimum payment. Uh, I've never heard people fight so vigorously, uh, in, in fear that the, their right to own an assault weapon is going to be taken away from them. I have never heard people, uh, vigorously fight so much to build a wall uh, around a neighboring country when if people are willing to die to come to America to scrub your toilets, to make your beds and to mow your lawns, uh, that you, uh, you know, that's how bad it is over there. So I'm going for the party with a little bit more compassion, a little bit more understanding. And I promise you, this is the end of my political rant, but I had to say it. I just had to say it. Anyway, folks, this is a great episode. I'm glad you stuck around and heard me out uh, because it's well worth it. We're going to go talk to my good pal, Mr. Tyler Middleton. Yeah, not really. It's been a while. The last one I would have done was like a uh, super exciting. It was uh, a radio podcast about radio life. It was called the Off Mic Podcast. The Off Mic Podcast. Off Mic Podcast. It was called, which was just a radio guy who interviewed other radio guys. No way. Uh, as what seemed to be a way to like get his name out in the industry to get hired. Like he was like, "How can I meet as many people as possible?" He's like, "I'll start this podcast." No and way. interview radio hosts all over the country, and then he got a job out of it. So it worked. He ended up getting, getting a job. Well, he already worked in the industry. He got a better job out of it. Oh, so no it's just way. Just good networking, yeah. You must, get, you must get that a lot, though, huh? People always like, hey, man, uh, you should let me come in and do a bit. Yo, you have no idea. <laughs> and a lot of the time, I wish I could, but I'm like, you don't realize it's not that easy. Yeah. Like, 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 just to like, sign off on someone yeah, coming in. Just the, be uh, like, oh, yeah, perfect. No one will care. I don't have to ask or clear <laughs> by anybody. Just come on in. Who's your name? Carl? Carl? Awesome. We're outside 7-Eleven. It's 2 a.m. You just found out I do radio. You want to come in? Sure. Carl, come on. I can only imagine the amount oh. of people. It's as like, soon as uh, they it's... find out you do radio, is you get either the face for radio joke, which you're like, all right, relax. Or you get, oh, I get a joke. You you, uh, you should try this in your show. I can do radio. <laughs> yeah. Everybody comes out of the wood, woodwork, man. Yeah. It's the same thing like even like with the podcast. I mean, obviously, uh, it's a different level of uh, of, uh, of you know, people uh, totally. wanting to climb on or whatever board, but, but, uh, I'll get that a lot. I'll get the, uh, Hey man. So like, what am I doing your, your show? Or like, if they invite me on their show, they're like, Hey, what am I doing your? And I'm like, dude, it's not, I, I don't, it's not, it's I don't not book people. Thing. I don't do all the, you know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. uh, you know, you gotta, you know, you gotta go jump, jump through the hoops, man. But, uh, no, it's funny though. Like, so when did you get started in uh, radio, man? 
Uh, I got started in radio uh, like on the air about five years ago now, and I ago. went to radio school about seven years ago now, and oh, like shit. did college radio and stuff while there, but like paid on the air for about five years now. Really? Mm-hmm. And you're from where? Ontario, right? Ontario originally. Uh, so where about non uh, Ontario? I grew up in the, the booming metropolis of Orno, Ontario. Orno? Orno. I never heard of it. It's uh, like 2,000 people. It's probably like two hours outside of Toronto. Holy like shit. a real small town. That is small. Dude. Yeah. 2,000 people. Um, so I grew up there and then, yeah, just moved to Toronto for like radio school and I was there for like a year and a half and yeah. then I was off to Niagara Falls after that where it was my first gig. Yeah. And then out to Alberta, Wainwright, then Edmonton, then Calgary. I've, I've, I've heard the rumors, and it's probably good that, that, uh, that you're saying here. That's the a rumor. terrifying start to a question, <laughs> but go ahead. <laughs> I've heard what people have been saying on the street about you. <laughs> no, you're uh, a sexual deviant. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> no, like rumors as far as uh, as far as um, uh, uh, that you have to you have to work the cycle. You got to get out. You know, you usually start off in kind of a smaller market. You know, right. they ship you off to a couple of stations, kind of get your feet wet. You kind of get to know the format. You know, how do things work or whatever, uh, and then you make your break into a larger market. Right? Is that pretty accurate? That's pretty accurate. I, I mean, I was fortunate that mine was kind of sped up. If anything, like yeah. I did it, but. For shorter periods of time, the most like I just got very fortunate in that sense. But that's totally true. Like you could start in a major market if you want doing like overnights or weekends, right, but like right. it's incredibly hard to work up to like your own morning show. Yeah, when you're only doing overnights in a major how, market. How do they do that though? I mean, is it like is it's possible? Of, but it's got to be good. You just <laughs> like, create, like create like a good following, then. right? So, but like I always recommend to like younger people trying to get into radio or like radio students who ask me questions is yeah. like go to wherever they're going to let you talk the most. That's mm-hmm. all. Like especially for your first job, don't care what it is because you're going to suck either way. Right. So go to a small town, but if you're going to get the six hour afternoon show, yeah, awesome. Take that. Don't take the two hour overnight show in right. Calgary. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to leave the city, it's in Calgary, because yeah. you're you're never going to get better. Like, right. like right. you yeah, need yeah. to do it more. Yeah, that's the whole point. Is there a lot of uh, competition in the industry as far as I mean? Obviously, people go by ratings and all that type of stuff. Right. I mean, but you know, everybody's got their own shtick. Everyone's got their own format and their own mm-hmm. personality and stuff like that. I mean, and obviously you've got a following based on that. But is there this underground kind of a undertone of, of competition within the city at all? I, and I'm not even just speaking to Calgary, but I mean, just in your experience of, of working in different shows and stuff like that. Radio is, yeah, it's pretty competitive. Yeah. Like, uh but I think everybody kind of hides it well. Like, I think most jocks, from my understanding, or at least the ones that are successful, and this may be why, is they treat it more like sport. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it's not, you know, we're not rival gangs. Like, right. I don't want to stab like the Anchorman. person the other night. <laughs> but, like, we yeah. play the game, and, like, if you win, sweet, you owe me a beer afterwards still, or sure. vice versa. You know what I mean? Right. And I think radio has a good vibe of that going, just because, like, if you tried to stay that competitive for a 40-year career, like, you'd kill yourself by the end. Like, yeah. you, yeah, yeah. you totally yeah. would. So yeah. yeah, true. And also, you just start to realize that radio people, the other radio people in the city are the only ones that really get your work and lifestyle anyways. Right. So you, you try, end up making friends with a good chance. Naturally you know? gravitate towards yeah, that yeah, group. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like comics when you go to a club. You look at the back corner, and it's all the comics in the back corner. Yeah. Like it's the same when you go to a bar, and there's a bunch of radio people there. Like, yeah, just all end up in the same corner together. I always, I always thought though, except like... for the one douchebag, and we always leave him in the other corner because <laughs> there's always like, one. Fuck that <laughs> like, guy, man. Actually, there's always more than one if we look at the radio world. But yeah. whatever. Yeah, <laughs> like... totally, totally, man. It's funny though. I always think like because uh, I mean, radio guys get kind of a bad, bad rap, and I always like because comedians. I don't know what it is. Like, I don't know if it's because uh, comedy competitions, they always ask radio 
guys to come and be judges right. or something. That seems to be like the common theme or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I figured you were going to ask about this, but yeah. go ahead. <laughs> and we won't, we won't <laughs> dig down the rabbit hole here, but but uh, but I was always, I, in in my mind, in a weird, weird way, I always thought radio guys had a tougher job than comedians because comedians, like, you go up and, you know, like, let's say you got a 20-minute, you know, set or you're headlining or whatever. Right. Uh, your show is like four hours a day, five days a week. Right. That's and a I mean, lot of content. Yeah, like in, in our show, so our show, like, uses an example, three and a half hours. And right. including, you know, two-minute newscasts, which there's three of them. Right. Uh, there's 35 minutes of talking, usually right. on average. Sometimes 40, depending on guests and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, it's a lot of, I don't know, content to create every day. And, but it really depends on the type of show. And I think where the... the the back and forth between comedians and radio hosts come in is, A, there's way too many radio hosts who genuinely believe they're comics, and they're not. There's right. a major difference. Like, you can have a comedic radio show, but that doesn't mean you're a stand-up comic. Like, right, like right, it's a right. totally different world. But there's enough radio people that don't get that. Yeah. So I think that's frustrated comics over the years. Gotcha. And then vice versa, there's enough comics who have not given radio at any respect at all. Right, right. And then there's radio hosts that are frustrated by that. Like, what is Whereas that, I like though? to think of somewhere in the middle where they're like, I just don't give a shit. <laughs> like, like, I really don't. <laughs> but no, but I mean, like, you've got a good name, like, as far as amongst comics and stuff like that in Calgary. I mean, like, as far as the scene and stuff like that, you've always been a very fair judge. You've always been really good feedback. And, mm-hmm. and uh, I've never heard anything bad about you, ever, like, as far as comedians or anything like that. That, right. Uh, I just think like the general consensus is that there's always seems to be some type of a back and forth with the industries. Yeah. yeah. Of, of that, you know, comics. I don't know if it's a matter of feeling threatened or if they feel like it's, you know, it's not high art or I don't know how they perceive it to be. Uh, mm. I don't understand that because I always think to myself, it would be a tougher job to have to create content and to have to be entertaining for four or five five hours a day right. on the radio than it is. For you to go up and, I mean, you know, you bomb one night, you fucking bomb. I mean, you bomb at work one day, and it, that could be your career. Right. You know what Which I mean? Which is where the pressure comes in, totally, yeah. uh, on radio. But uh, I, I, I just, I genuinely think stand-up's tougher, first off, as someone who's tried it. Like, right. I'm not a stand-up by any means, yeah. but, like, as someone who's tried it, I definitely, A, think it's tougher. And it's because of, the like, the... I don't know how tight you have to be when you're doing it and like just how good the material has to be to make a room full of people laugh. Like when you're on the radio, sure you're coming up with all these different breaks every day, but not everyone has to be gold. Right, and your listeners right. don't expect that when they listen for the whole show. They know every sure. time you turn the mic it's not gonna be the best break of the show or yeah. that's the best break he's ever done. Then oh, that's the best break he's ever done. Right. right. Oh, that's the best <laughs> like you're allowed to be shit every once yeah, in a while. Exactly. In the radio, especially as you just own it. Like that's the thing, is where yeah. radio gives you the ability to own that like character, that persona that you right. use on the air. So you can use, that becomes your crutch, essentially. So the stronger, yeah. more comedic your character, I think the funnier your radio show becomes because even when you're struggling for content one day, you sure. have a stronger comedic character to fall back on. Right. Whereas a lot of radio hosts don't rely on the comedic character. They fall back on, you know, whatever it may be, sure. music, nerd facts, or yeah. whatever yeah, yeah. shitty advertisements <laughs> for places they don't care about. <laughs> like... Places where they want free beer that night, whatever it may be. Like, like, <laughs> but you guys get some fucking pretty rad hookups, man. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, there, there's there's this appeal 
like I've always had this appeal to the radio industry. And that's why I always found you know the, the industry fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, is that you get to kind of uh, you get to be yourself and you get to have you know you get to kind of run your own show, so to speak. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you've got producers and stuff that are just like, hey, listen, this is kind of where you can go and this is where you can't go. Yeah. To a certain extent, I mean, well, like, there's maybe some creative limitations, I guess, on right. certain things. Right? I'm very fortunate in like my boss and my station are super cool with that kind of stuff. Like, You're pretty laid back with it. Huh? Yeah, yeah, like my boss, like genuinely does not like he cares, but like I have free range, like, sure. and he trusts me creatively to come up with what I want, which is why I think I've managed to push myself forward is because I've never been scared to try something new on right. the air, which right. I think a lot of radio bosses do a terrible job of, of like scaring the shit out of their jocks. Yeah. Like, this went bad. And then they're like, okay, well, I'm never trying anything new again because I don't want to get fired. <laughs> like, right, which right. is the true fear. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. unwarranted. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, like, my boss has always made me feel very comfortable in that way, whereas, like, if you fuck up, just don't do it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's always been his mindset, and he trusts cool, that I know man. when I fuck up. Like, because yeah. I've always been my own, and maybe this isn't true for every radio host, definitely isn't, but right. I've always been my own worst critic in that sense. Like, I, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite one. The comics are like, well, this break wasn't good. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, like, <laughs> I'm a big enough comedy fan to know that that wasn't that funny. <laughs> like, but it was also. 6.30, and it was the second of 12 breaks that day. Like, so, cut me some slack, man. Yeah, and like, I'm putting the good stuff at 8 when there's people awake, asshole. Like, oh, I love that, man. I think, like, because, like, my first real, like, behind the scenes uh, mm-hmm. of, of the radio industry, I think, was uh, watching that movie, uh, Howard Stern, oh, uh, Private yeah, yeah. Parts or whatever, where he mm-hmm. kind of, like, slugged it out on the, you know, in the amateur rankings and, and kind of worked his way up to, to this prime spot. But, um, and I think that's kind of like that's like the interesting thing because uh, I'll look at other and I'm not ragging on anybody personally or anything, but I look at like some personalities like like uh, uh, who's that guy that does Entertainment Tonight? Uh, Rick uh, Campanelli. Yeah, he yeah, just yeah. got a radio show. Did he really? Yeah, yeah, in Toronto. I saw him before when he was like Rick the Temp, yeah, or whatever. And it was like, hey, everybody, Rick the Temp here. Da, da, da. And then it went like the Entertainment Tonight show, and he's like. Hey everybody, Rick the t- you know like uh, Rick Campanelli here. Like he just put on this completely you know, weird kind of front of like having to become this different uh, voice, different uh, personality, different, this whole thing. Right. And, and and it turned a lot of people off. I think. All right, that's better. Sorry, folks, we had some technical difficulties, but uh, Tyler saved the day here. And uh, yeah, we're the back. least I could we're... do. <laughs> you don't. You don't have an uncle. That's a. A math addict? Do you really? I didn't want to say it. He's an H addict. <laughs> that, I, I wish I was joking. <laughs> Get out of lawnmowers town. for a living? No. Yeah, if your lawnmower's gone missing in southern Ontario recently, uh, I can give you his number. I just can't <laughs> promise it's still activated. <laughs> There's a boneyard yeah. in there with some of the lawnmowers. Huh? No way. Yeah. Um, when I was, yeah, there, was relevant, there was a but... meth addict I, I saw down in Houston, Texas uh, during, uh, and this is always a popular thing down in, because uh, obviously there's hurricane season and stuff down there. Right. So people go out and they buy uh, generators. We're, we're going to come back to Rick Campanelli, you son of a bitch. Uh, anyway, uh, there's uh, there's these, uh, you know, people go out to the Home Depot and they buy these uh, power generators to keep the, you know, houses going or whatever, or whatever, you know, they need a fridge or whatever uh, while the hurricane's on because we lose power all the time down there. And uh, I remember this buddy, <laughs> this buddy of mine was like, yeah, man, I, I, yeah, it was weird. Like I heard the generator running outside, everything was good, and then I went outside and uh, there was a lawnmower. And I guess what they do is they'll start the mower and they'll park it right next to the generator, 
and then they'll unplug the generator, steal the generator, and leave the mower because you don't ever think that, like, you just think you just hear the the motor running. Oh, right. So they kind of like trick it out so that you think that the that's so smart for you a meth addict. Yeah, you like, go to the fridge and you open it up and like it's dead, and you're like, Where, "Where's the power? I just had it." The, the why is all running. my meat back? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you go outside and there's just like a lawn mower there with a bunch of extension cords like on the side, and they're like, "What the fuck is this, man?" I was like, "That's genius for a meth addict, though." <laughs> I'm just still concerned about how much meat gets meat ruined that way. <laughs> no, but it's funny though because like I always say, like they're the most like uh, ingenious people that come up with scams and stuff like that. Like totally. they always like, come up with some bullshit to to, to that's rob people. That's my favorite thing about reading the news every morning is just like sometimes you get like the complete idiot criminals where you're like you have to be a criminal for a living because that's all you can do <laughs> and you're not Nothing even else. good at it. Yeah, uh, exactly. But then you get the other ones where they're like the crazy like Ocean's Eleven type bank heist. Yeah, you're like, this is just impressive. That's like a, that's, this should yeah. not be I'm jail like, time. You deserve that shit. Yeah, you yeah. deserve you to really get that do. payout, bro. Because <laughs> yeah. you you scored big time. That's like there was a story about a kid in Vancouver. Did you see the video? He stole his mom's Porsche like SUV uh, to go. Yeah, on a and ride. Like, I, I think I saw a clip of them trying to get into the garage or something. Yeah, and you just it, it, I don't even think that the Porsche fit in the garage if you were an excellent Parker. <laughs> but when you're a child and it's your first time driving. Not easy. So he's like trying and just tearing apart the garage and the Porsche and everything. Ends up that he had it in like a hit and run earlier, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm like, that kid doesn't deserve that joyride. Oh, man. Like no when shit. I was a kid, we stole my parents' car all the time. Right. But we, my mom had a little hatchback, so we yeah. would get my friends. We would literally go and pick it up. Yeah. And carry it off the driveway off of our property so that there'd be no tracks. No one would even know. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm like, we you put cut the engine and you kid. slowly push it onto the drive. You know what I mean? You, yeah. yeah. It was Ocean's Eleven shit. Yeah. And nowadays, they're just like, yeah, fuck off. I don't care if <laughs> yeah. I get busted or not, you know? Totally. That's crazy, man. <laughs> so I, I want to I hear some stories. And, and okay. uh, you know what? Uh, we're not going to go back to Rick Campanelli because uh, I'm probably I don't know, gonna... Rick. I just want to clarify that. <laughs> I've got no connection Rick to Rick. Rick ruined my career, so. <laughs> <laughs> this is all me, Rick. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Don't change your voice. We like you as Rick the Temp. Um, I think, can we pause and just quickly touch on that? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I guess I can't speak for Off the air. Okay, go no, ahead. No, no, I'm having like pause. We're going to get some juicy for shit there for question. a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, no, just like when it comes to those, you know, different media characters in Canada, whether it be television, radio, even newspaper, social media, whatever it may sure. be. I think a lot of people put on those characters that, and like we, you and I can probably pick up on them. I don't think everybody does. Right. But I think it's a way to deal with the backlash when things go wrong. You know what I mean? Like, because when you get hate, but they're hating on the person that's not really you, it's right. just your character, it's yeah, way yeah. easier to deal with. It's, when it's easier for it's that 100% character. You and you're like, all right, this person actually there. hates the person I was born as. That's like, an interesting thing, though. I never so, thought of it yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. It's a crutch, I think. It's like a safety net for a lot of people. That's interesting, man. Mm-hmm. I never thought of that. So, because not I think like no, no, but I but I think but, no, like, but like like maybe, but it's the same thing. Like uh, I used to I used to cap on uh, Strombo all the time, right? Because I'd always just be like, oh, you know, like what? But then I started like really like listening to his interviews, mm-hmm. and I was like, he actually is a great interviewer. He, he, oh, he's he, he's dynamite, and I became a fan, and I was like, fuck, I, I, I like I respect that, I love it, and yeah. and like for him, it's like. I've got like a different respect for him now because I'm like, dude, you really do your work. But I was even thinking like, even like when I was hosting the, the comedy competition, I don't talk like that. I go up on stage and I do talk my like bit and totally. I, yeah, I, I'm an announcer or host or whatever it is. And you get the crowd wound up and you, you do stuff or whatever. And, and you're right. It's, it's almost like a character. And, right. and then, 
you know, it, it is probably easier to absorb the punishment as a character as you would to, like, that hurt my soul. Right. You know it mean? almost a becomes a barrier. compliment at that point. Because yeah. then they're mad at that. It's almost like I would imagine you're a satire writer for, like, The Onion. Right. And some you see your article going around and people are, you know, taking it as fact and think it's true. That right. must be the best moment. Where you're like, I wrote something so good that people believed it. Yeah, absolutely. So when people get mad at that character, whether it be for whatever reason you're doing it. Right. That you're like, I did that character so well that that person hates me. Totally. Like, yeah, like, and that's that's like a lot of the actors, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like, they play characters and, you know, you go to a movie or you see a TV show and people are like, I fucking hate that dude. And I'm like, that means he's doing a great job. Right. Like, because you actually goal. hate him. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and you remember who he is. That's the biggest yeah, thing, too. That's like, a big thing, dude. Yeah. I have a lot of, like... People get mad or like mad at the show or whatever. They're like, "Oh, you're an idiot!" I'm like, "You're still talking about it. Like you're posting on Facebook about it two hours after the show ended." <laughs> I'm really home mapping, bro. Exactly. You're like, you're like, I'm gonna get paid either way. No one cares if Jared from Su- not that Jared from Subway, Jared from a local Subway here listens to my show or not. You know exactly, I mean? like, exactly, man. Yeah, that's hilarious, man. What was your thoughts on the local comedy scene, though, man? Because I mean, you got to see, uh, you got to judge a couple of shows or whatever. And, yeah, and but you got to see quite a showcase of of everybody around town. It was awesome. There's some really funny people here locally. Yeah, there like is. yeah, it, it, like it, it, especially because a lot of them are the same from the competition. I like I did the same competition last year, and right about this time last year was when I was going to more comedy than I have been lately. Sure, and uh, just to see like the how much funnier they've all gotten in the year is crazy. Like, and I guess what happens when you do it consistently, like a lot of these people are giving it. All the effort they have. Like, sure. they're out six nights a week. And I'm like, that's, you know what, especially in a city like Calgary, good for you, man. Like, you're working hard at this. Yeah. Even if you're not that great when I first saw you, a year later I see you, and you're significantly better because yeah. you put the effort and the time in. Absolutely. Uh, and I think that was the biggest thing I took from the competition. And just, yeah, there's some genuinely funny people here. Like, yeah, there were some, some people that I, like, I saw when they first went on stage. I was like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. you got some work to do, but it, it takes a lot of guts and balls to, you know, step up there and, and start doing it. Hundred percent. But even at the involvement of the end of that competition, I was like, holy shit, you've yeah. got leaps and bounds from the qualifier. Think, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think there's even something to be said about, uh, you know, some of these guys have only been up like four or five times, and they go in front of a room. There's like two hundred and something people there. Yeah, like, like the final was sold out too. That was crazy. That was crazy, man. I think uh, I think that was such a great competition. And, it really uh, was. I uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing it. It gave me an excuse to go out each Tuesday and watch comedy and like. That's yeah, the other, like, that's as, the other part I'm obsessed about is you do a morning show, mm-hmm. and it's a very popular one in Calgary. Mm-hmm. And you, you guys, thank are, you. Yeah, it's one of the top top shows there, if not the top. Uh, um. I, and I've always been fast. I was actually, uh, I, I, I'm, what is it, Twitter or Facebook friends with uh, Gabby Rios from Global. She does the helicopter traffic reports. Okay. She goes up there and she does the, the global traffic. And uh, I'm just fascinated by this because I'm like, I wrote her and I'm like, Gabby, I'm like, listen, I don't know, you know, you don't know me or, you know, whatever. I'm, you know, I, I don't know if I'm a fan. I just, I see your work or whatever. Right. Uh, but I'm obsessed with this. I'm a it's fan like an OCD of the helicopter <laughs> traffic reporter. Like I've heard a lot of helicopter traffic reporters in my life. Never one as accurate as you. You yeah, have the I love, the, I love some of the characters. Because down in California, they had like uh, you know uh, Sal Castellano and uh, you know Calgary's own Black Shadow helicopter. You know they always. <laughs> What's Sal here? 
<laughs> it gets, it's pretty fucked up down here, guys. Dude, if I, could, <laughs> I didn't know you could do that with a helicopter. That's, oh, yeah, that's a that's, classic radio move. <laughs> that was brilliant, man. I got I to gotta start using those bits. Uh, but, no, I was obsessed. Like, what? Like, I was just like, Gabby, I was like, what time do you have to get up in the morning to, to be at work or whatever? She's like, oh, some mornings I'm there, like 4.30, 3.30, like whatever it is. And I yeah. just can't wrap my brain around. I don't know what it is at night. I feel like I'm missing something if I'm not up late at night. Like if I, me too. I, I totally you? get that, and I'm like a night person when it comes to thinking. Like right, we're right. coming up with stuff, which was such a tough. Tra- like my first like real show in, was in Edmonton, and right. I was doing an evening show. So I got so used to like that was rolling my out time of the rack at creative, like, yeah. like at like nine p.m. till midnight. Or right. Like, the show started at seven, but whatever. yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't care till nine. Uh, <laughs> so like I just became this like that's when I would come up with ideas that's when I would write stuff like that's that's when I would do everything so yeah. then moving to mornings has been such a transition uh, like because it's just polar opposite of what I was used to like so I wake up at 3.30 every morning so staying Holy up late shit, to work on stuff dude. is tough but also I started to realize that like 3.30 in the morning doesn't feel that much different than midnight if you just actually get up <laughs> like, but, but do you do you like sleep before you go like totally. or, or yeah, you, yeah. you do yeah so I, like, uh, I tried the whole staying up all night thing and for a while and it just it throws you for such a loop like right. you gotta have some sort of consistency so like I try and nap during the day yeah like every day for a couple hours and right. then I go to bed at usually like 10.30 yeah, you get like five hours of sleep a night, and then usually another two, three during the day. So I'm still hitting eight hours. Like that's, that's the joy bad. of radio too, or most media morning jobs. Yeah, is you're off early enough that you have nothing to do all day. Yeah, like, go yeah, sleep. Yeah. Well, some people do. I don't. So, like, what, so, so what? Like, what are the coveted positions? I know, like, the morning show is the, probably the most coveted position. Yeah. So the radio like kind of hierarchy goes mornings, like on air wise at least. Uh, mornings, and then your afternoon show would be second. Then right. your midday show between the two would be third. And then evenings, and then weekends, overnights. Interesting. Uh, I'd put weekends above overnights, but most of the time, people who do a weekend show also do a couple overnight shifts a week. So it's yeah, kinda, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because I, 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 I'm a, I'm a news junkie. I listen to the news all the right. time. So uh, I, I go to sleep at night listening to like you know QR seventy seven or, or mm-hmm. you know whatever uh, six sixty news or something. And uh, you can tell they're they're putting the people. You fall on asleep better. to AM talk radio. Isn't that crazy? No, it's fine. Is it- <laughs> I I I, I sensed a, a hint of judgment there, uh, Mister Middleton. Uh, Talk I used radio to be so tough, like, isn't it? It would be so tough. I, I used to listen. That. I used to listen to this uh, this talk uh, this talk radio show out of San Francisco KGO News Talk eight ten, and uh, I grew up listening to that stuff. My dad used to listen to it, so I used to listen to it by uh, default. But right. uh, they'd have these overnight guys, and it's all politics, right? I love politics, or whatever. Yeah. But we had this guy on there, Ray Taliaferro. And uh, they called him like the angriest black man in the Bay Area because he would just like scream at people on the radio. It was like three <laughs> o'clock in the morning, and I would just be like, just buzzed into the station. And he just had these amazing ways of segueing. Like he'd get people to call in, and he'd be like, uh, uh, they could present like a great argument, and he would find a way to completely trump it. Like at the end, of right? It. Like, he'd be like, like the and guy would be like, to be so smart. Yeah, like it'd be like uh, uh, something effective, like. Uh, you know, Ray, you know, we, we marched across that Golden Gate Bridge, man. And, you know, and we, we dealt with the cops. You know, we did protests and da da da. And they'll ramble on for like 20 minutes and completely eviscerate his point and, and do a good job of it. But then he would come back and be like, no, sir. It was the Bay Bridge. It wasn't the Golden. So you are a liar. Hang up. Yeah. <laughs> like, you just won the argument by just calling like one little fact out of right. it. Right. And you yeah. know that he caught that as soon as he said it. But the key was he's like, no, I'm going to let you finish. Let you go. And then I'm going to make you look like an idiot. <laughs> 
<laughs> so because the like more a... you ramble on with this slide, the dumber you're going to look at the oh, end. Like... Never, man. Yeah, it's dynamite, man. It's a really tricky thing. You just so, have to be so well like researched and smart to do talk radio. Yeah, like, especially you, news you talk. Gotta like, know, every day, you got to you know your facts. Paper man. front to back. I'm Absolutely, like, guys. I don't want to pick up the paper. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> Can we just go to Gawker? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just read it on Reddit. Yeah. Uh, give me. Uh, I, I want to. I'm always fascinated with this as well, and I know we we got to wrap wrap stuff up here fairly totally. soon. Um, uh, any any times that you just completely shit the bed on on air? I always I, I asked. I think uh, JD this or whatever from right. C, C, CJ92, my right? old roommate. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, you guys are buddies. And uh, and and he was telling me about uh, he got like locked out of the studio one time, or you know he went to take a dump or something, and then he like got locked out. He tried to get back in, and right. like or he left the thing going on all night when he was supposed to lock up and leave, or you know however it went. But yeah, you ever had any crazy dead air story? That's yeah, what yeah. that one sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would say, like, my biggest mistake I made, and luckily my boss was so cool about it, so it turned into nothing, but first off, I slept in, like, sleep and sleeping in for a morning show is never good, I'm but I've slept in like, twice yeah. right. in the two years I've been doing this morning show, and both times have been the weeks that my co-host has been on vacation, No, so then it's just, like, traffic beds all morning. Or, like, news beds and, like, no one's talking. So you're just like, and you're like, fuck, I know this is, I know how long this is. It's going to go for another minute and a half. I know that for a fact. And then you're done, and then you get stuck in fucking traffic because you're you're listening to your station. You're like, I'm not even there to tell me the traffic. (laughs) Like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life right now. So that's happened twice. No way. I would say the other one was, when I was in Edmonton, I was doing, like, so I do, like, like alt rock or modern rock or whatever the hell, pop rock, whatever you want to call it nowadays. And... Uh, when I was in Edmonton, I was doing like top 40 and it was like kind of the clubby station. So we did live airs on Friday nights from this nightclub. So I would right. go and I would do my show with the DJ from the club, which is the worst. Is it really? Oh, like yeah, I always hear it thinking guy, like to so myself, like, like, oh man, it's just, it's going down over there at uh, Knoxville tonight. We got to go. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh, this sounds amazing. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's just, to me, it's boring. Like I would yeah. rather go and do bits. Like, right. like that's all, all I want to do. I don't want to be the club guy. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not my thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, but I did it obviously. Cause they're like, you're at that time I would have been 20. They're like, we're well, a 20 year old. We're going to pay you. Couple hundred bucks extra to just go, go to and this hang club out. all night and hang out with hot girls. Yeah. <laughs> like, no who all think you're the coolest person there because you're up on that bird fucking perch doing a radio show. <laughs> so I'm like, you know what? Fair, fair. I'm in. <laughs> so I go and uh, it's our second night and it's like a fairly nice nightclub in Edmonton at the time. It's closed down since. Right. Um, and it was their like second open Friday as well. So it's a big event. And we're up in the VIP booth, and we brought a bunch of like people from the station, and they just kept bringing us like bottles upon bottles. Like, no way. In the first week, like usually when you do that kind of stuff, all the booze is free most of the time. Sure. So they're bringing bottles, bottles like of just Grey Goose and Don Perignon and shit. Like shit, I would drink, but I would stuff. never buy. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, <laughs> so eventually, the end of the night wraps up. We all leave, assuming it's free. We leave a tip on the table for the server, like, right. obviously. Uh, and then we just all leave, and we figure that was the end of it. And then we get into the station on the Monday, and my general manager pulls me in the office, and she's like, so we just got billed a uh, $3,200 liquor bill <laughs> from Set Night Club. And I'm way. like, Jesus Christ, I should not have been drinking $3,200 worth of liquor on the air. <laughs> like, that's the big problem. Like, if it was any other time, no one else in the building got in trouble. I was oh the one that was on God. the air. So no like, way. Really? And I'm like... You guys told me I could drink. <laughs> <laughs> that was part like, of the reason uh, I said I would go. 
<laughs> like Tyler, did a, uh, a server come over with sparklers coming out of the bottles when they came to deliver your table? You're yeah. like, yeah, actually, that I did thought happen. that was just because we were on the air. <laughs> you could hear the sparklers in the background. It was a great sound effect. It was like, no, that's actually what we call bottle service, <laughs> and you can't afford that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, man! I love it. Yeah, Holy that was, shit. That was my worst one, I think. The station oh ended up God. covering it for me. Did which they? Which was a wicked. Yeah, and then they're just like, just like stick to beer next time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. you got any Lamb's Navy rum back there? <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Russian Prince vodka? None of this Grey Goose shit. Ugh. <laughs> oh, my God. That's money, man. Uh, I would be remiss to not mention uh, you recently won an award. Uh, it's been a good couple months for me, dude. That's crazy, I mean, man. Congratulations up. about Thank that. Thank you. That's that's amazing. And that one, what what award was that? That was I the, won. The uh, so I've won two, like three, actually, mm-hmm. recently, like within the last two months. Right. This sounds so braggy. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> I'm, I brought it up, man. So, um, so I won uh, the Alan Water Alan Waters Young Broadcaster of the Year Memory of Steve Young Award. Very prestigious. Which is at Canadian Music Week every year and goes to the best broadcaster in Canada under thirty. Wow. Uh, it well, that's just like super I don't know prestigious in the radio world. Like lots sure. of people that I always looked up to. Yeah. Uh, like the three people that probably helped me at the most in the industry have won it previously. So wow. like I really wanted to join that club, and it yeah. was funny because that was an award. Where one of the guys, uh, I started job shadowing with radio stations in high school still. So I was job shadowing with him when I was still in high school, and he had just won it, and he told me about it. And like I specifically like remember going home and like being like, I'm going to win that award that Fred won that one day. Fuck Fred. Like, <laughs> I could do that. And then I got it, and I was like, holy shit. Because like, by the time you get into the industry, you're like, okay. Like, like, but that's still, I mean, that's kind of like, uh, you know, like the, the PGA, someone putting the jacket on you at the end of the, you know. Yeah, it was nice. Year. It was yeah, totally nice. And it's huge, all voted man. on by radio people across the country, so that's even cool makes to recognize like that. Yeah. Sure. And then I won uh, the Western Association of Broadcasting's Leader of Tomorrow Award, which is wow. the equivalent, but for Western Canada. Right. Um, and then I just won the best of Calgary survey as well as the best radio personality in Holy Calgary shit, last week, which was really cool because that's voted on by people that actually live here. So yeah, it's like, all right. At least well, because uh, who, who used to run that? that? Keep me it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I was because it used to be uh, like fast, fast forward, fast magazine. forward. Yeah, and then they, they closed down. Do right, and then right. they just do it as like an online survey, and then no they do way. this big. Uh, kind of like conference thing. I don't know. I skipped wow. it to be honest. Uh, but they do this big like conference thing, <laughs> right, and right. Uh, they have all the winners there and stuff. And they bring in like speakers on how to make the city better and stuff. I, that must like, have made made the folks happy though. Everybody's uh, in the proud. And everybody, the yeah. My all mom proud, was man. pretty pumped. Yeah, she was like, "What?" Like uh, you know, explaining her the name of the first one like right. seventeen, eighteen times has not been fun. But like, I don't blame her. <laughs> it's a like, long name. Tyler is being awarded the Muddy Waters Award. <laughs> Like no, no, it's the Allen yeah, He's quite a blues player. <laughs> Mom, no, no, I think he got my job wrong. We play Hozier. That's not blues. That's not even close, Mom. Uh, oh, no, that's it's great, like, man. It's, Mom, you can remember it's prestigious because two people died for the name alone. <laughs> like, that's the way I've been looking at it. I've never met these people, but I'm like, fuck, it's got two names in it. I mean, two people died for exactly. it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's pretty prestigious, man. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Oh, dude. Hey, it's been an absolute pleasure having you in. Uh, Tyler and Lynch in the mornings. Yeah. X929, man. It's a dynamite show. I employ everybody to watch it. Or, sorry, to listen to it. Uh, where can people find you, man? Uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Instagram. So I would say Facebook, Tyler on Air, Twitter, at Tyler on Air, and Instagram, at Tyler on Air, but with underspaces, because I'm fucker. Oh. Took it? <sighs> yeah. Did they? 
bad. Someone's got Jake Hirsch, and I'm just like, you son of a bitch. Because this Tyler guy's like from is Chicago. Like some football player yeah, from the yeah. States who's way more popular than me. So I think, <laughs> I, think I Googled it one time, yeah, and it came up like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Some like big black guy. Yeah. I'm like, that's. I was like, that is not the Tyler I know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think some some dude from like Chicago has Jake Jake Hirsch, and he like he fucks with me. He like he'll tweet me once in a while, be like, "Hey, bro, how's everything going?" And I'm like, "Dude," and he follows me, and I'm like, "You son of a bitch, don't follow me." Through on Facebook, his name actually he's a comedian. His name's Ryan Long. He uh, is a band in Toronto, a comedian out of Toronto, and yeah. he adds every Ryan Long he can find on Facebook. So he goes through his Facebook, and he'll have like. 96 Ryan Long friends <laughs> and you're like what are you doing he's like I just add everybody the same name as me <laughs> brilliant man like, what it's just some weird just way because? of like fucking with people yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I tweet this guy once. I'm like, dude, can you just give give me the handle? Like, give me the account. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to see you. Like, fucking squirm a little bit, you know? Right. I'm enjoying the podcast. I'm like, thanks, man. That's good. <laughs> I, I just go Tyler on air, and then so people can make the sweet joke. Where they're like, what's Tyler like off there? I'm like, <laughs> naked and drunk most of the time. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> oh man, thanks again for coming in, brother. Thank you. Alright folks, and there you have it, the interview with Mr. Tyler Middleton. What a great guy. Didn't I tell you? That was a fun interview. Cool, cool dude, and I can't wait to launch uh, and and to promote and to spread the word about uh, some of the projects that we're working on together. Fascinating stuff. It'd be a lot of fun. Anyway, folks, I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did, and of course, stay tuned. We always have some fascinating and great interviews coming up. We got more on the way, I promise you that, with uh, absolutely hilarious and talented comedians. I just did one today, an interview with a great comedian today, and and it was just an absolute uh, blast. So stick around, and you will listen to more, I promise. Hey, on behalf of myself, you're your host, Jake Hirsch, and the entire crew over at Yuck Yucks, Mr. Mark Breslin, executive producer, Kira Williams, and webmaster, Camille Sorovi, who is getting married, uh, and I'm going to do a little tribute to, uh, to Camille next week, because uh, she's getting married. So anyway, and of course, my boy, Lane Argue, who lays down all the wonderful acoustic tracks for this podcast. Give him a listen. Give him a look. Lane Argue Guitar, I believe it is, dot com. Check it out. The uh, links are in the show description. Uh, hey, be sure to follow us on Twitter as well. Jake Hirsch, EG, and uh, hashtag is YYCP. We will see you next week. <laughs>